we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Can we do that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Um, I shared in the early service uh, when they were singing this song, it brought back a memory of a Wednesday night uh, service when I was in college. I went to my local church that I attended on a Wednesday night, and there was it was a large church, huge church, but nobody was there hardly. Um, I mean, it was a ghost town, just a handful of people, and they had a guest speaker, and the guest speaker came up, and as they began to minister he began to share a message entitled, God is good no matter what. And he was sharing a definitive statement. In theology, there's different things. There's, there's absolute truths, big T truths, as you learn in, in uh, school on that. Uh, and a big T truth is that God is good. Um, he does, whether you think so or not, he is. That's, that's, that's the principle there. And God is good. Um, God loves us. That is another big T truth. Um, God loves you. And no matter where you've been, what you've done, uh, what kind of mileage you've got, God loves you. Amen. And I hope by the time we're through with this journey through the scripture today that you will leave this place understanding that at a higher level and be able to go into your Thanksgiving with uh, just a, a, a more grateful heart, grateful experience than you've ever had before. I want you to understand something. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. And I, I, you know, I, I shared this a while back. Um, the the Lord is tired of us not being thankful for 2020. I, I believe that we need to be thankful for 2020 because it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. We have come through a lot, church. Come on, and God has blessed us, and we have much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. And um, I love Christmas, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving, and and because I love the principle behind it that we are setting aside a time to get, be thankful to God for the things He's done. But you know, you need to carry that a step further. Not just thankful to Him, but thankful to each other for the th blessings that you've been, uh, that somebody's been in your life. Now's the time to, to show them that. Um, I like to begin things uh, kind of humorous. So it, it, and by the way, if you're new to Harvest, it's okay to laugh in church. Uh, if you, you'll, you'll discover that. We believe that, that uh, Jesus wrote those words, laughter does good like a medicine, and some of us need some medicine. Come on. Uh, Christmas shopping is Friday. Some of y'all going to need some medicine. If you decide to brave it, um, somebody's going to be getting the last thing that was on sale, and you're going to be upset, and the Lord's going to say, ah, oh, I'm good. <laughs> but I want to share this with you. That, I thought this was kind of humorous. This is just a, a, a little story that I come across. It says, a large dog walks into a butcher shop carrying a purse in its mouth. He puts the purse down and sits in front of the meat case. What is it, boy? The butcher asks jokingly. Want to uh, buy some meat? Woof, the dog responds. To the surprise of the, of the butcher, he begins to indulge this dog for a moment. And he says, what kind? Liver? Bacon? Steak? Woof! Interrupts the dog. Well, how much steak do you want? A half a pound? A pound? Woof! The dog responds. The amazed butcher wraps up the meat and finds uh, money uh, in the, in the uh, dog's purse. So he gives the dog the meat. 
and the dog carries it in his mouth and walks out the shop. As the dog leaves, he decides to lock up the shop and follow because he's very curious. The dog enters an apartment building and uh, apartment house, climbs up three floors, and begins scratching at the door. With that, the door swings open, and an angry man starts shouting at this dog. Uh, and the butcher gets very upset. He says, stop yelling at the dog. He's the most intelligent animal I've ever seen. Intelligent, the owner replies. This is the third time this week he's forgotten his key. Sorry. I just, <laughs> you also know I like a bad joke every now and then. So anyway, <laughs> he wasn't thankful. He wasn't thankful. And, and you know what? There are so many things that can spoil your thanksgiving. There are so many things. How many of us have been having a great day? We're thankful for so much. And one thing go wrong and sour our thanksgiving or th- sour that thankfulness in our life. And we have to guard that thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things in 2020 we can allow to sour our thanksgiving holiday. But I want you to know as you gather, whether it's small gathering or a large gathering, whatever you do, I want you to know God. God is still good. There's much to be thankful for. And we need to not let any little thing come in and spoil the thankful heart that we have. Amen. But we need to present our hearts to the Lord this Thanksgiving. And not just on one day out of the year, but every day out of the year should be a thankful day. Amen. I I don't know about you, but I look and see what God has blessed me with. I look and see at the good things that I experience every day. Even on my worst day, it's still better with Jesus. Amen. Even on the worst days I've ever had, it's still been better with the presence of God in my life. I have much, you have much to be thankful for. And as we dive into the Word of God today, if you have your Bibles, you want to look along, Luke 17 is where we're going to anchor in verses 11 through 19. But we're going to share a few verses of Scripture today and try to bring this home with you. Um, Now, I shared a story about an unthankful dog owner. Now I'm going to share a story about a very thankful man. Uh, Verse 11 of chapter 17 of Luke begins by saying, this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Very important point, between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he met uh, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Now this distance was a distance required by Jewish law. And in other words, they can only approach so far as lepers and then they had to stop. And, and the Bible says they approached from a distance. And then verse 13, and, he, and they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. I want you to see, as they obeyed, they were cleansed, okay? Then one of them, verse 15, when he had saw that he, that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him Thanks. What a beautiful story. Now, he was a Samaritan. Very important point of this. And then verse 17 continues and says, And then Jesus answered, we're not, there, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was not one found, uh, uh, not one found to return and give th- praise to God except for this foreigner? And as he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Uh, I guarantee you this man was thankful. All right, so I want you to hold on to those scriptures. We're going to break them down as we go through this. Then I'm going to leave with you uh, four points today, four different areas that I, I believe is reason for us to live a lifestyle and be thankful uh, this holiday season. Number one, be thankful even if you're in difficult circumstances. We spent a whole message on this last week, so I'm just kind of recapping through this. But uh, Paul said to us that we need to be thankful in all circumstances. Didn't say some circumstances, the things that are just going our way, the times when we can say, oh, I've been blessed. 
But he said, in every place, find thanksgiving. And we, we explored that in some detail last week. Um, in other words, we read through this story of the ten lepers a lot of times really quickly, and we get to the, the healing part, and then we move on through the Word. We don't slow it down and get the whole picture. Today, I want us to slow this story down in Luke 17, and I want us to really look at this because I believe there's things in this story that will bring home the gospel in a new way to us. And, and, in other words, we start with the ten uh, men who have uh, the, one of the worst diseases of their day and still one of the worst diseases of this day. There is still leprosy in our world, and leprosy is still incurable. They can't, there's no cure for the disease of leprosy. They have found drugs that might slow the progress of this disease, but this disease attacks the nervous system. And what this disease does to the body is it numbs the extremities. The nerves die in the extremities, first of all, and then it works its way until eventually this disease can take up to 30 years before its progression leads to death. Okay, so it's a very agonizing, lifelong disease. It is uh, a very uh, grotesque disease in the sense of uh, lepers will become infected in their bodies and their limbs will literally rot. And I don't want to make anybody sick this morning if you got a weak stomach, but we need to paint this picture. And, and so we understand that with that comes a smell. Amen? Uh, okay, and anybody familiar with Beth Moore? Tremendous teacher. Uh, Beth Moore has some great books out there, but Beth Moore uh, shares in her book the Jesus. Jesus, the one and only, um, she tells about all her life she thought, I would love to go and minister into a leper colony. I want to be able to do that. And she got that opportunity a few years ago, and she said every time she started to enter, she couldn't go in. And three different times she tried to go into this leper colony, and she couldn't go in. And it wasn't because they denied her access. It was because her, her body physically, she became so sick at what the, the smell that came from this place, she could not go in. And so she, she never got to go in because her body, she came violently ill. And, and so she was unable to go into this place. And she says, I will always have regrets that I wasn't able to overcome my physical uh, uh, sickness in order to go and minister to those who were sick in their souls. And so, um, but you know what? There are a lot of people, and she goes on and praises them. And I didn't share this earlier in the first service. But there's a lot of people, she, she says, that do go into these places and are able to overcome that. And, and aren't you thankful for those that are able to do that and minister to people uh, that are in this condition. Beth Moore in her book, uh, she talks about uh, that, that these are modern day colonies. And we need to understand that this was a horrible disease, but this disease represents so much in the Bible. It's mentioned numerous times throughout the scripture. Um, leprosy was an awful disease in, in a lot of ways. Why? Because, as I've said, it was, it, it, was a, it was a deforming disease. It would deform the body. Um, and when you became a leper, you were no longer allowed to be with your family. You were no longer allowed to be in society. You were exiled. In other words, if you right now came down with leprosy, you would tell your family goodbye and you would have to go and, and be exiled. Uh, if it was in Bible days especially, you would be exiled out of the community. You would not be allowed with, around people. And if you were around people, you had to stand at a distance and shout unclean. You had to make your appearance, your presence known to people. And so uh, beggars would begin, or lepers would become beggars more or less. And they would form colonies. And these colonies were for their very survival and so they would they would scavenge for food together they would beg together and they their very survival depended on them living together they no longer were allowed around their families or their friends they were exiled and I want you to think about that for a moment how horrifying that would be because leprosy could affect you at a very young age it could affect you at a very old age but imagine being cast out from your family because of a disease that you never asked for 
a disease that isn't your fault, a disease that just came upon you and not allowed to even go to church, not allowed around the religious. This was the society in which the, uh, this story is written uh, during this time. Uh, I think we gain a new appreciation of how bad the disease must have been uh, in the days of Christ. It was just a grotesque uh, thing. It, it, it literally, um, like I said, disformed the body, decaying flesh, overwhelming senses, uh, our senses of smell. Um, they, they kept their distance for a lot of reasons. The emotional pain of a leper. I want you to think about emotionally what they, what they went through. How many of you about lost your head being uh, quarantined? Come on. You, you know, you're like, I'm about to go nuts. I, I got to get out of the house. I got to see some people. Okay, um, and some people that I ain't related to. Anybody feel that way? Okay, I don't know. You can keep that to yourself. But anyhow, you know, sometimes, you know, says so like, all right, I see some people. I guess I need a stranger's face. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, look, folks, I'm trying to I'm trying to paint a picture here of because it's so important that we get this uh, this Thanksgiving. The lepers tend to roam together, looking for food, begging for assistance from great distance, learning to yell loud. With loud voices, both in need to warn people and in need for begging from a distance. I want you to let that sink in as we move forward. These ten lepers come across Jesus one day. He is in between Galilee and Samaria. Now, Samaria was an area of, uh, uh, that was considered uh, the people there. They were considered half-breeds. They were not considered pure Jews. And so they were looked on really as dogs. They did not like the, the Samaritans. But there was one other thing that leprosy calls people to do. They, they forgot their prejudice. Because now we all share the same affliction, we got to come together. So these ten that had come together, one of them we know distinctively because Jesus points it out, was a Samaritan. But you see, it doesn't matter when you're both suffering from the same affliction. All of a sudden, they, they didn't care if you're Jew or you're some, or, or from Samaria, they came together. And so there's a good inclination in Scripture that, that the other nine were Jewish. Okay, they were Jewish men, and so they went and, and uh, you know, uh, joined with this Samaritan. Okay, keep that in mind as we move forward. They, 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 they see Jesus. Evidently, Jesus' reputation had preceded him. Now, well, I, I'm not, not, we're not 100% sure uh, in the timeline where this took place. It could have been uh, that his fame from the woman at the well story had come before him. I don't know, but they recognized Jesus. They saw Jesus as he was going through this area, and they cried out in a loud voice, We want to be well. We want to be well. Make us well. Jesus, you can do this. All right? They didn't approach him because they knew they couldn't approach him, but they cried out from a distance in a loud voice, we want to be well. We are crying. I'm going to just share this, and this is just a thought the Lord's brought to me. Don't we live in a world that's crying out, we want to be well? Aren't we living, and I'm not just talking about physical, I'm talking about emotionally and spiritually. We're living in a world that is crying out, I want to be made well. I want to be made whole. I'm tired of being, I'm tired of life the way it is. I know there's got to be something better. And I'm here to tell you, you go to work with them every day, you go to school with them every day, they're out there and they're crying out for hope. They're crying out for hope. And I'm going to tell you, we have to become that hope. And I'm going to share that in just a moment, how we do that. This is the very nature of God who loves us. He will stop in his tracks. He will stop whatever he has in mind. And he will do what, is, what only he can do. And so Jesus has an exchange with these men. And, and it doesn't say they were close to him. It says they cried out from a distance. And I'm not so sure Jesus didn't shout back, Go, show yourself to the priest. Go. 
And as these men turned to go in obedience, the Bible says they were cleansed of their, their, their leprosy. And we're going to break those scriptures down at the end of this message, and I think you're going to have a new appreciation for all this. But they were cleansed. Can you, you know, you can, you know, uh, let's, let's just say being thankful in the work of God's goodness is something I think sometimes we miss. Being thankful when we do see God work. Being thankful when we do. We have been privileged in this church to see a lot of souls saved in the last four or five years. We have seen many come to Christ. We have baptized, in the last five years, we have baptized well over 200 people. God, is a, God has blessed us, and we need to be thankful in what God has done. You say, well, the church had setbacks because of COVID. or the, you know, I wonder if it will ever get back to where it is. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm just, I don't claim to be a prophet, never have claimed to be a prophet, but I'm going to tell you what I feel overwhelmingly in my spirit. I believe that the, that we haven't seen anything yet, but in the year 2021, God is going to, the, the church is not going to retreat in hiding, but the church is going to come out stronger than ever before, mightier than ever before, and doing the work that God has called us to do. That's what I believe. I don't believe that we're going to be in retreat. I believe we're going to be on the advance in 2021. But guess what? That doesn't, we don't need to wait till January. Oh, pastor said in January, we need to get with it. Start today. Start today. Start right now. <laughs> All right. But being thankful for the goodness of the Lord's work. This is the kind of thankfulness that brings about worship, true worship. One of the men came back to Jesus and praised God. He was thankful. He was public about it. He was loud about it, and he wasn't shy at all. Oh, my goodness. Some of us need to lose our shyness about our experience with God. Some of us need to be more vocal about what God has done in our life. I wonder how many untold stories would bless somebody or help somebody find salvation if we would open our mouths and share it. Amen. There's a lot of stories in this room, and if you have been saved by the blood of Jesus, your sins have been washed away, you've got a story worth sharing with a lost world. You've got something that you need to, oh, I'm just not called to do that. You Actually, you are. Actually, you are. The Bible says all of us were called to be witnesses of him. All of us were called to share our story, our testimony. By the way, do you know what? You overcome the devil by two things. You know what they are? It's, first of all, the blood of Jesus. Without the blood of Jesus, your sins can't be forgiven. But there's one other ingredient. He says, for they have overcome by the, word of, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. God needs you to testify of his goodness. God needs you to more and more in the year that we're living in, and in the time that we're living in, it's time for the church to become vocal. Not just the pastors, not just the leadership, but all of us to become more vocal about the goodness of the Lord. We used to sing a song in this church that said, when I think about the Lord, when I think about how he saved me, how he forgave me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, I, 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 I can't help it. I want to shout, that's what it says. I want to shout, thank you, Jesus. I wonder if anybody's thankful for the saving power of Jesus, for the forgiving love of Jesus in this room we got to be vocal about it. There's a world that is, is waiting on your testimony. Uh, let's make that a little more personal. Look at somebody next to you and say, there's a world waiting on my testimony. There's a lost person waiting to hear my testimony, waiting to hear my story, waiting to hear what God has done in my life. There's a world waiting to hear it. He was public, he was loud, and he wasn't shy at all. Why was he so loud? I don't know. And I'm not trying to be funny here, but as I said, it's a deforming disease. Maybe he had a missing ear. Maybe he had a missing ear. Maybe he couldn't hear as well, but he had learned that, that he, you know. But guess what? If all you do is, is talk real loud, you talk loud all the time. My, my wife says it this way. So they learn how to whisper in a sawmill. Yeah, let that one sink in. 
You know, you ever been around somebody that learned how to whisper in a sawmill? Amen. They're, they're sharing something in church and it's, you know, they think nobody's hearing it and everybody's hearing it. Amen. I guess nobody lives that. Anyway, why was he so loud this guy had been forced to yell as, as, as long as he had had leprosy? This is the way we were noticed. The only way to be noticed was to be loud. You hear that? The only way he could be recognized by those around him was to be loud because, you know what, and, and, and again, this is no, con, no, no condemnation on anybody in this room, but how many times have we looked away at those who are in need because we didn't want to be convicted over it or we didn't want to be bothered with it or we didn't want to be, deal with it at the time, but there are many times we turn, a, we turn a blind eye, though we know it's there, we don't want to look at it. Imagine leper colonies. It, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be easier for society just not to look? Not just to know, we just don't notice them in that way they're not really here. So they were loud. They had to be loud in order to be noticed, okay? It had been years probably since uh, he had been in, uh, in close proximity of anyone. This is an amazing application to this, especially during Thanksgiving. That, Listen here. Sure, it takes time to acknowledge God for his goodness, but when we do acknowledge him with thanksgiving in our heart, miracles go to another level. Miracles go to another level. How many of you ever had God take them, you know, he's blessed you with something, but then he took it to another level? Anybody? He's done something at another level. In other words, God, I'm, I'm asking you, God, to, God says, I didn't just come to cure your symptoms, I came to heal your disease. You know, I, I didn't just make, come to make you feel better. I came to make you well, I, I, to restore you. Oh, my goodness. Just hold on. We're going to get somewhere with that. Can you miss it? <laughs> we all sure can miss it. We all can miss the opportunity of what it means to really bless and really be thankful and to, to, to thank God for his goodness in our lives. We all can miss it. We need to focus on the goodness of God's work in our life. Number three, make sure your thankfulness leads to action. I really want to emphasize this point. It's one thing to be thankful, but when you take your thankfulness to action, it means so much more. Come on. It means so much more. Um, we were privileged uh, yesterday to get to attend uh, very, very special people in our, our, our forever family, uh, their 50th wedding anniversary, and that's Diane and Meredith, and let's all embarrass them with a good round of applause. 50 years, folks. 50 years. And uh, we got to attend the reception, and because of sickness, some of the family couldn't come. And, and uh, their daughter you know, kept saying, they deserve so much more than this. They deserve so much more. I don't care how elaborate it had been. I think she still would have said they deserve. Why? Because she's like, they're special to me. And, you know, I, I, well, guess what, folks? That, that deserves recognition. That deserves applause. That deserves happy anniversary because that's to a whole nother level. Come on. That's to a whole nother level in a world of broken promises. That's to a whole nother level. And I'm telling you, that's an example, amen, for all of us, especially those who are married. That's an example there uh, to, 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 to look to. What, what are you saying? Um, our, our thankfulness needs to lead to action. And I appreciate, Meredith, you know, we, we're so thankful. You, you know what? I could, I, when I found out that was going on, that's something I'm not going to miss. Buddy, the only way we were missing that is if we'd had COVID-19, 18, 16, and, and 21 or whatever. You know, that's the only way we were going to miss that because I, I was like, that is worthy of recognition. That, that's beyond just a Facebook happy anniversary. 
you got to take it to another level. There needs to be some action behind it. How many times has God blessed us and then taken it to a whole other level in that blessing? How many, and look, so wouldn't it be great for us to elevate our thanksgiving this year to Him, to go to a whole other level? He didn't say the other nine lepers were not thankful. I believe they were very thankful. I believe they were very thankful for the healing that they had received. But I'm going to tell you something. There was one that God got a hold of and he said, wait a minute. I can't just go away and be thankful to myself. I've got to go back to the source of the blessing and I've got to let him know. I've got to elevate my thanksgiving. I want us to know this Thanksgiving holiday, we can elevate our thanksgiving. Because God has sure elevated his blessings in our life. Take that to action in our lives. Where, in other words, Jesus asked the man, he says, were there not nine of you? Uh, where, or weren't, there, weren't there nine that were, or ten that were healed? Where are the other nine? Where are they at? And you know this guy's saying, I don't know, but I'm here. I don't know where they're at, but I'm here. You realize what this says? Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus never commanded that any of them express thankfulness to God or return to him and offer him thanksgiving for being the healer. Nevertheless, that is what Jesus expected. Mm. What does the Bible teach us? It says, have a what? Thankful heart. It doesn't, that, by the way, that's not a suggestion. It's a command. With thanksgiving. Give him praise. Thanksgiving and honor and glory. That's not a request. Well, when everything goes my way, I'll be thankful. Look, I've found the greatest way to see miracles happen in my life is that when everything is not going my way, I begin to thank God for what I do have and I begin to praise him and elevate that thanksgiving to another level and all of a sudden God comes through with something I never expected. And that's what happened to this man. We're going to get to that in a moment. In other words, number four, we must develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving. A lifestyle of thanksgiving. Not just one day out of the year, not just one moment out of the year, but a lifestyle. Look at somebody and say, you got to live it. you got to live a thankful life. Amen. Next time you get in your car, come on, and your car starts, Everybody got in, anybody ever got in a car and it not start? Okay. All of a sudden, just hunk of junk. Come on. Get me a better job and you're gone. God says, won't you thank me for the hunk of junk? Won't you elevate it to another level? Amen. Amen. Anybody ever sat down after cooking a meal for your family? And somebody go, That? You know what happens in my house? There's cereal. Knock yourself out. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Kitchen closed. Amen. Let it sink in. All right. I'm going to close this out here in just a moment, but I want us to go back through these verses. And I want us to look at them a little closer. Verse 15, I want, to, I want to entitle this Restored. You ready? One of them, when he saw he was healed, when he saw he was healed. Now, I'm going to stop there because there's a Greek word used here. And I'm, again, I don't get into a lot of these. But sometimes some of these passages, to better understand, you have to break into the Greek. Um, the word used here is purely a medical term, which means to repair. 
One of them, when he saw he was healed, repaired. I want you to hear, let that sink in. Repaired. And it's like a broken bone that's finally mended. It's like a sickness that's finally been declared over, healed. You're back to normal. You're back to where you were. You're back to your baseline. Restored. In other words, this man was fully restored. When he realized he had been restored. Now, what does that mean? I mentioned maybe he was loud because he was missing an ear. Maybe he was missing some fingers, maybe some toes, maybe an entire arm. We don't know. Maybe his nose was missing. That's very common with leprosy, by the way. The extremities disappear. But when God does something, he does it right. Mm. We're going to go further with that, but I want to, want to go into verse 17. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Different word used here than, he, than, than is used for the word healed in verse 15. In verse 17, there's a word used here that is entirely different. The root word goes to catheter. It means catheter in the Greek, which means to remove the impurities. Um, in other words, he's saying what? I, I cleansed, I removed the leprosy. From 10. But this one has been restored. The other 10 went and they could prove they could feel again. And they would test them for that. The priest would. And they would declare them as healed. But it didn't say they were restored. The one that was thankful had their blessing elevated to a whole nother level. In other words, the one that was thankful was not just cleansed of the leprosy. The disease was not just taken away. But I believe when it says restored or repaired, that means the creator that made man from the dust of the ground and breathed into that hunk of dust and it became a living being said, okay, you're missing a few fingers. Let's make some more fingers. If you're missing a nose, I'm going to put that back too. You see, I believe when this man took away the beggar's cloth and he took away the leper's clothes, he was clean and he was whole and he was restored. Jesus doesn't want to just wash your sins away. According to Corinthians, he wants to give you a brand new life. A brand new life. A fresh start. He wants to restore. He wants to restore relationships that's been torn apart by the sin in our lives. He wants to restore broken homes that have been torn apart by the sin in our hearts. He wants to restore finances that have been devastated by poor choices and sinful choices. I believe God came to restore not just some things. The Bible says he came to make all things new again. And he starts with the soul because the soul is the part that needs cleansing. It is our sins that have to be forgiven. And if our sins are forgiven, we're on our way to heaven. But how many of you realize there is more problems promises than just heaven in the Bible that God said in his word that he came to heal us body mind and spirit so today we have a lot to be thankful for because God came to restore us not just cleanse us from our sins but to restore us the last verse I want to share with you is verse 19 and it says and now look you got to look at this last word rise and go your faith has made you well the word well there translates totally different the word well translates in the Greek to it means so-so, which we get our word saved. Your faith has saved you. Not just healed your body, not just 
Not just restored the physical deformities, but your faith now has done a deeper work in the spiritual part of you. Now you are saved. I want you to know we don't use the word saved anymore. We don't use the word born again anymore. It's not used very frequently. But the word born again is a powerful thing. When when you are born again, what does that mean? When I am born again, when I am redeemed, when I am saved, that means I have been rescued from something that was about to destroy me. Our sins were going to destroy us, but aren't you thankful you are saved? Oh, we were about to be destroyed, but aren't you thankful that we have been born again into a new life with Jesus? We have much to be thankful for. The last thing I want to share with you is found in Matthew 8, 1 through 4. And this is the story of another leper. The Bible says, and when Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for proof to them. The leper approaches Jesus, and he approaches him at a safe distance like he's supposed to, because that could cost him his life if he didn't, according to the law. If you're a leper and you got near a well person and you didn't keep the right distance, it could cost you your life. So he comes within that safe distance and he kneels down and he says, if you just say it, if you just will it, I can go back to my family. I can kiss my babies again and I can see my wife again. I can hold my children. I want you to think about it. How many years had this man went? without human touch, without affection, without anybody to say, I love you. You see, we catch the obvious miracle, which is the leprosy is gone, but we miss the greatest miracle of all, and that is the miracle of the human touch that Jesus offered to a man who had felt nothing for so long. You see, I told you it's a disease of the nervous system. The nerves die. And so someone can touch your hand and you don't feel it. I strongly believe that as Jesus reached and touched this man, that was the first time in many, many years he felt the warmth of a human hand touching his. You see, Jesus doesn't just long to save you from a distance. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to touch you. He wants to hold you. He wants to be in your life. There are too many people acting like the lepers from afar when Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't say that that the man bridged the gap. No, he kept a safe distance and said, if you'll just say it, I'll be made whole. If you just say it, I'll be healed. No, it says that Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus entered the danger zone. Jesus entered the place that he wasn't supposed to go. And Jesus touched him. 2,000 years ago, he entered the place that he didn't need to go to. I'll bring it more realistic. Over 40 years ago, getting too old, I can't do the math in my head. He saved me. He entered a place 
Nobody else was willing to come. And he offered a touch that no one else offered. He offered love and acceptance that nobody else offered. He offered an embrace that nobody else offered. He didn't just forgive me of my sins. He entered into a relationship with me and said, now I'll give you what you haven't experienced since sin began in your life. And that was at birth. Spiritual communion. Spiritual touch. We have a lot to be thankful for, church. Will you stand? I can't wait to get to heaven one day and talk to these men. You ever thought about that? Everybody talks about talking to the apostles and talking to the... I want to talk to some of these people. I want to, I want to sit down with the leper. I want to sit down with the one. I want to sit down in the, with, with the one in Luke, and I want to sit down with the one in Matthew, and I want to say, what was it like? You see, because I believe the minute Jesus touched them, nerves fired for the very first time since the disease had taken away that touch. <laughs> Some of us are longing for communion. We're longing for connection. We're longing to have more out of this life. Church is not supposed to be something that's cold and impersonal. Church is supposed to be somewhere where we feel touched by the hand of God and loved by the community of faith. This is supposed to be a place where the unqualified feel qualified. <laughs> where the ones that were overlooked are seen. And the ones that are not heard are being heard. This is supposed to be a place where the scars of our sin are just reminders of His grace. Not reminders of the pain but reminders of His grace. I look in my life and I see the hand of God so real. And I refuse to spend the rest of my life, the rest of this year, complaining about what didn't go our way when Jesus came our way. But He won't touch me. He won't forgive me. How long will you believe a lie? How long will you believe that God can't save you? How long will you believe that he, he's not a God ready to destroy you? You just don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't. And I don't care because he don't care. I had a lady come to me once and said, I've just done too much, Pastor. I've just done too much. He won't save me. And I said, so you're not part of that scripture when it says, for God so loved the world. You're not included in that. It's got an exception somewhere. I've never found your name except for no it said God loved the world he gave his son he came I, again I, I want us to realize I serve a God that smiles I serve a God that laughs I serve a God that rejoices I serve a God that wants to have a friendship with us and a relationship with us some of us have got to get out of our heads I'm sorry I'm going to go way back some of us need to get some wrong doctrine out of our brains Things we were taught that God is 
waiting to, for you to mess up so he can snatch you into hell. What kind of father is that? That's not a loving father. That's an abusive father. I serve a godly father that loves me and he does everything he can to restore me. I'm going to leave one more verse with you. This is Galatians, the second chapter, verse 7. It says, let your roots go down into him, Jesus. You need to be rooted in something. Let it be in him. And let your lives be built on him that your faith will grow strong in the, in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Didn't say just have a thankfulness. said overflow with thankfulness. Now, I want to share something with you that this, that this world needs to see. Last illustration, then we're, we're going to pray. Have you ever seen a small kid fill up a glass? I mean, have you ever seen a small kid fill up a glass? I mean, it's so full. It's been full on the counter. It's been full on the floor. Every step they take, it's full all over. It's spilling everywhere. I believe that what he's talking about in Galatians is he wants your joy he wants your thankfulness to be so overflowing that every step you take, it spills out a little here. Every step you go here, it spills out a little here. And it gets a little bit on you and a little bit on you and a little bit on that person at work that's so mean and ornery. Come on. Gets a little bit on that person at school that you can't seem to get along with. That all of a sudden, the, 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 the thankfulness in your life is greater than any other thing that you've experienced. This world can only be taught that by a church that has thanksgiving. By people who have thanksgiving. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. I do not point you out. I won't drag you to the altar. I just want to pray with you. So I'm going to ask a few questions this morning. And as I ask these questions, I want you to respond with faith. I want you to respond with faith. Number one, if you are, are like me, and I'm putting myself there because I've had to do this, and you're saying, Pastor, I need to be more thankful for 2020. I hadn't been thankful for it. I, I realize I need to be more thankful. I, I, I've even said the words I'm thankful for what God, but I really haven't been. I've been angry, been upset. And I, need to, I need God to infuse me with some fresh thanksgiving. I want you to just slip your hand up and put it right down. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you're in this room right now and you're saying, Pastor, I'm like that leper and I feel like I'm not being seen. I'm not being heard. And I'm, I'm, I'm needing, I need cleansing. I need repairing. I need restoring. That's me, Pastor. I need to be saved. And if that's you and you're in this room and, that, and you're saying, Pastor, I need that today, I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. If that's you, thank you. There are some others in this room. Thank you. There are some others. Let's respond today. God wants to do something in your life. I'm telling you, and you, you, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Now, if you're in this room right now and you're saying, Pastor, I am longing for connection. I just haven't had it. I, I, I've tried to connect with the world and the world it's, it just isn't there. I've needed something deep in my heart and in my heart right now I feel something crying out that I need connection with God and I need connection with, with a church family. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. I need connection. Come on, there's some others. I need connection. If that's you, you raised your hand. I want you just to hold on a second because there's one last important thing I want to say. If you're in this room today and you feel like that you have done too much 
for God to forgive. You just, you've went too far. You just feel like there's no way God will wash your sins away. There's no way he could possibly forgive you. And you're in this room. I'm sharing this because I feel like God wants me to share it this morning. I want you to know God is saying to you, I love you. I gave my son for you. And how dare you think anything else that I love you. I love you and I will forgive you. If you are that person and you're saying there are several people in here, I don't know who it might be, but you're saying, I don't feel like I can be forgiven, but I want to be forgiven. I want you to slip up your hand. I want to be. I don't feel like I can, but I want to be. I want to be. Come on, there's some others. There's some others. You need to obey the Lord. You need to obey the Lord. God's going to do something if you'll do that. I'm going to tell you, you're going to feel something you don't think you can feel if you'll just take it. I, I don't know if I can't, but I want to be pastor. I want to be forgiven. I want to live for the Lord. I want to do what's right. If that's you, just lays that hand, put it right back down. God's, God's going to do something just in that obedience just in that obedience then we're going to act this way right now if you want to come to this altar this altar is open and we would love for you to come forward and pray and I, I, I believe some need to right now just, you don't need to wait anymore just come on if you're feeling that urge to get things right you're feeling that urge Father I want to be more thankful God I want to I, I'm tired of, 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 of crying out from afar I'm tired Lord of all this I'm ready for God to do something in my life if that's you I want you to come come on there's some others there's some others. You raised your hand. You need to respond. You need to respond. You say, well, I'll pray in my car. You can do that. You can do that. But I'm going to tell you, there's something, there's something mighty about obeying. There's something mighty about coming forward and saying, Father, I'm ready to make things right. If that's you, maybe you're saying, I need to repent and not being thankful. That's you. Come on to this altar. If you don't feel that that's where you need to be, then I want you right where you're at to just begin to thank the God, begin to pray right now and say, Lord, I want that connection. I want that community. I want, God, your love like I've never had it before. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, come on, right now in the name of Jesus, move into my life. Father, I cry out from a distance, but I am excited accepting you now into my life and into my heart. I need you, Jesus. There's some others that need to respond in this room right now. You need to respond in this room right now. God is ready to do a work in your life. You're going to celebrate Thanksgiving like you never had before. You're going to, look, you're going to elevate your Thanksgiving to a whole new level because you're going to walk out of here in a relationship with your maker, a relationship with your God. And you're going to say, hey, let me tell you about the one that not just cleansed me, but restored me and made me whole. Made me whole. If that's you, God's ready to do that work in your life. Come on, all over this room. If you say, Pastor, I don't feel like coming forward, but you need to pray, take the hand of somebody near you. Take the hand of somebody beside you and say, pray for me. Just pray for me. God knows what it's about. Pray for me today. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you'd like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.